0: Back, folks, with your favorite podcast of the week. This is Location Weekly, episode number four hundred and forty-nine, and Abrianna and I are recording late at night. It's into our uh, our evenings here um, on uh, January the twenty-eighth. Abriana, how are you? You've had an interesting week already.
1: I have. So uh, I am. I have recorded for my first ever duty. And today I got chosen to be on the jury. So I am in for a fun field week, I hear. Um, so yeah, I've been like at the courthouse from, you know, dusk to dawn every day. And uh, just working away, I'm exhausted, I'm like not seeing my kids. And then I'm trying to check my emails in between stuff. So it's fun, but uh, you know, doing my civil duty. There you go. Do <laughs> you think
0: it's going to be a, an interesting case?
1: I think so. I do. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it just started today and so far it's been pretty interesting. I wish I had some popcorn, but uh, we'll see how it goes. (laughs)
0: There you go. All right, cool. Well, we've got a pretty uh, straightforward show for you this week. Um, Three industry news stories, three member news stories, uh, quite a lot of activity going on in our industry, which we're going to talk about funding and acquisitions and those kinds of things. Um, what else is going on? Are you going anywhere anytime soon?
1: I am. So, in a couple of weeks, I head to uh, Desert Springs, California for the IAB ALM event. Um, so, I'm looking forward to that. Some good speakers, definitely, you know, some good brands and agencies to connect with out there um, for us at Gather Lab. And then, just a short time after that, I'll be heading to Barcelona for Mobile World Congress Um, and it's been probably three years since I've been. So I'm excited to get back uh, and see how it's changed or grown in the past few years. But yeah. So um, if you are going to either of those events, please hit me up. Let me know. Come say hi. I would love to um, meet a listener in person, you know.
0: (laughs) There you go. It's always fun. Cool. Well, that, that, that's great. And uh, we've got a couple of things going on too uh, at the LBMA. So uh, I am uh, going to be in Europe next week uh, because uh, on February 6th and 7th in Germany, we have our LOCA conference, which is the big LBMA sort of annual gathering of primarily the European member base. Um, so excited about that. Um, and obviously Karsten and the whole team uh, will be uh, geared up for that. Um, and then, um, in a couple of weeks following on the 19th of February, I'll be in Puerto Rico because we are launching our new LBMA chapter there. So, um, so yeah, lots of stuff happening this year, and one of the big things um, we'll be announcing next week uh, is uh, at Loca uh, is you know, sort of celebrating our 10 years of operation at the LBMA. Um, So we'll talk more about that next week, but, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be sharing a whole bunch of uh, new branding and uh, kind of new programs and things that we're launching. So lots of, lots of things happening this year.
1: Yeah. I keep telling Karsten one year I'm going to get to Loca. Yeah,
0: you need to. (laughs) All right, let's jump into it. So we'll start off with our industry news as, as always uh, you can kick that off for us.
1: All right. So um, this is just more of an announcement, but friends at XMODE have actually uh, made an inter- interesting acquisition. So this is kind of continuing the trend of companies sort of uh, moving location data and assets around and diversifying some things. You know, we've seen this with several companies and. Um, UK-based Location Sciences has actually sold their location data assets to XMODE. So this is really interesting because, one, this makes XMODE now the largest data provider for GDPR-compliant data in the UK um, from their, you know, opt-in, opt-out way that they do things. Um, And they are still, it it still positions them very favorably as a leading provider for EU data as as a whole. so, you know, I think this is interesting because we're seeing a dive in a lot of data providers. We're seeing um, less in quality and coverage and in metrics um, from all those different perspectives. Uh, you know, this is something that we see firsthand here, you know, at Gather Lab. So um, we we are very aware that uh, a lot of legislation and just kind of movement in the industry and, um, you know, is changing the way that things are done and, and the way that data is handled and sourced. And so we are seeing those changes but i would say that you know x mode has been very strategic um, you know i've known josh and, and his team for you know a, quite a few many years and i think they've been very strategic in their approach in terms of um, how they're going to be compliant you know what is their growth going to look like and you know from that standpoint i i think they'll have a lot of success here um, and so i think we'll we'll see a lot of continued growth in their expansion and coverage Um, specifically and maybe harder to find you know areas where there's where there's data shortages if you will so um, yeah congrats to x mode on on that and um, yeah well I imagine we're gonna hear more of these stories we talked about Uh, you know I think it was live ramp who who just you know kind of uh, sent off some of their stuff to cubic Um, and we've seen you know some other moves and even some more that we have later on in the show that we'll talk about so new trend, you know it's kind of continuing on some of our predictions that we talked about a few weeks ago yeah, and
0: it's definitely uh you know we're early in the year but it but it looks like it's going to be a year of uh interesting consolidations and activity uh in that way uh in our industry as people are having to deal with uh, sort of the reality of new regulatory paradigms and uh and other things so yeah i, I think for me the the most interesting part of this story though is to, uh, on, to be completely honest, like this came out of the blue for me, this this particular acquisition, um, obviously known both of these companies for a long time, you know, Mode and, and Josh and the team and, and the guys at Location Sciences as well. But, you know, it was just like uh, early last year, Location Sciences was making a big push into the U.S. market and announcing all this expansion and whatnot. So it's kind of like strange to me, like, you know, here we are you know, just, just, you know, a few months later and all of a sudden, you know, they're sort of out of the game and, you know, uh, have sold off their assets to, to x So, you know, I, I think, you know, sort of validation of what we've been talking about in the industry and through the you know, truth and data and and, and respect for, for, you know, the regulatory environment that we're in. Um, and at the same time, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think companies, who are trying to grow in our space you know are going to need to definitely proceed with a lot more caution than they did in the past so yeah, definitely. yeah. interesting part interesting acquisition so all right moving on to our second story um maybe in a completely different uh you know to what i just said uh, Placer uh, dot AI. so that's place AI has just announced uh, that they've raised 12 million dollars um, and this is primarily focused on uh, expansion into the U.S. market. Um, so this is a uh, another interesting company. Uh, I believe these guys are, you know, have some, uh, you know, background in the Israeli market, um, as where they're kind of. You know, as technology uh, is coming from, um, you know, they've got a, a wide array of, of venture partners involved in this in this round. Uh, from uh, they had raised previously from Irish Angel Ventures, uh, Array Ventures, Stage Venture Partners, and this new round uh, is led by JBV Capital um, and includes. L- Alif, uh, reciprocal ventures, and OCA ventures. So, uh, but 12 million bucks uh, to to really push into the market. Um, you know, this is a company that I think is really moving quickly right now. Um, I saw them; they had a, a stand at uh, NRF when I was there uh, last week in New York. Um, so they're really making uh, investments into the into the U.S. market in particular. Um, you know they've got quite a, a good stable of, uh, of brand customers uh, in their portfolio. I know these guys do um, all kinds of interesting work with uh, you know restaurant chains and uh, and um, you know retail brands and such as well. So um, you know definitely something to pay attention to. I think um, because uh, you know while you have some consolidation acquisition going on in the market, I think it, it does also create opportunities for folks. You know from say Europe to come into North America or vice versa uh, for that matter. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm happy to see that, that, you know, that people can raise money in this environment because obviously I'm trying to do that too uh, for, for, for ground level. So, uh, so that's good.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to me. I think there's already a, a, a pretty good, you know, place in the market for this type of, a business we see other you know member companies that sort of play in the space like reveal and maybe um, you know you may see somebody like even um, like a, a ground truth or you know some of these others that are sort of playing in that same space in terms of you know foot traffic and attribution um, so it's interesting that you know a company who may not have already been here in the US is trying to expand um, so I guess the, maybe the market is not as crowded as we think it is, or uh, maybe less businesses are actually leveraging that data. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know that I have like a strong feeling about which way that's going to go. Um, that specific part of the industry, obviously I think we're going to see growth and change overall, but um, yeah, time will tell. So mm-hmm. another error though, not a placer, but a stasher um, is getting two and a half million dollars in funding. Um, now, this is part of the, the sort of a sharing economy, um, but this specifically is the luggage sharing economy. So it's not really sharing luggage. Um, it sounds like that, but it's not. It's actually this app um, that you can coordinate places to stash your luggage when you're traveling. So you think of you know, uh, you know, travelers that are like business travelers, uh, convention goers, you know, tourists that are in different areas you have to check out of your hotel, your flight's not till that evening. Um, So, you need a place to stash your luggage in the area and so this helps, um, you know, people like you and I stash our luggage for a few hours for a little bit while you take care of the things you want to take care of. Um, And what's kind of interesting, the the benefit here is a a twofold. So, one, all of the consumers who utilize stasher actually get um, up to, I think it's like a thousand um, pounds in coverage, insurance coverage for damages or theft or loss um and so that's for the the temporary you know stored i temporarily stored items so that's kind of a nice like little bonus and plus that you get that insurance i'm not sure that you get that with the front desk at your hotel so um that's kind of cool and then businesses actually um want to be part of this economy because they are getting about 50 percent of the proceeds for the storage fees so that's a pretty nice you know split there uh you know starting out here so i think that's good And they've expanded, you know, when they started out, they were just in a handful of cities and now they are in uh, 250 cities and they've worked with some pretty, you know, well-recognized brands like Marriott, Hotels.com, Expedia, Accor, and some others as well. So I think this is interesting, you know, I think that, um, you know, like this is something that I would probably use at some point if I needed to. Um, Especially, you know, a lot of times I'll just end up like storing my luggage at the hotel and then have to kind of go out of my way to go back to the hotel to pick it up later on, just because you don't really know where you're going or like if you're going to have a place to store it, wherever it is that you have meetings that day. So um, if you could kind of search nearby based on where you'll be, I like this two and a half million dollars isn't a ton of, of capital raised, but You know, I think that this is probably a pretty viable solution. It says that they do have one other competitor in the space right now. But, you know, I think this is, uh, you know, good for Stasher.
0: Yeah, I, I like this. Um, you know, as somebody like yourself who travels a ton, um, you know, there, there's always those situations where you're, you know, and there's a long delay be- between when you have to check out, when your flight is or whatever. In fact, I, as I'm listening to you talk about this, I'm like, this is exactly what I need next week, next Tuesday in London. So I, I, I fly in overnight uh, from Toronto into London and I land there and I'm actually not staying anywhere in the city. I'm just there for the day. I've got a couple presentations and meetings and I actually uh, fly fly directly that same evening, so I actually don't even stay anywhere. Uh, for, like I'm just there for the day, but having somewhere to kind of stash my luggage for that day, for the day for the hours while I'm in meetings and so on would be would be fantastic. So I'm gonna actually go uh, download this thing and, and try it out and see if I can find somewhere near where I have to be uh, to do this because it's uh, it sounds it sounds great. Um, and and yeah uh, yeah it's not a ton of money, but you know when you're starting out um, you know you don't want to be taking in too much capital right um, you know at the early early stages uh, and diluting too much so it's probably what they need um, and um, they looks like they've got some good people involved uh, Johan S- Savinstrom uh, is how I'm gonna say that um, uh, who's the former president of hotels.com is one of the uh, investors in this so um, you know it looks like they've got some some, some players from the industry uh, who can help steer them in the right direction as well. So uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to trying it out and using it next week, so.
1: All right, let us know how it goes.
0: There you go. So that's uh, that's our industry news stories for this week. Um, we'll shift over now to the member news section and uh, I'll kick this off with a, another acquisition story. Um, so this time, one of our longtime member companies uh, Verve Wireless uh, has been acquired by MGI. Uh, MGI is short for Media and Games Invest, which is a company uh, headquartered in Germany. Um, and uh, yeah, this is a super fascinating uh, acquisition because, you know, Verve has been, you know, when you look at sort of the the players in, in that segment of our industry, there's kind of, you know, the big three, right? You've got Ground Truth and Verve and Think Near, um, and maybe you know, you can throw a place IQ like and some a few others in there, but uh, really, you know, one of the mainstays of our industry, um, you know, in terms of location-based uh, ad targeting and programmatic and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and so, you know, I think this is, you know, again, uh, just kind of proves, you know, how quickly our industry is going to move this year. It's it's only January still, and we've, we're seeing a lot of MA activity. We're seeing a lot of Uh, capital flowing into the market, I think we're seeing a lot of shakeout in terms of just uh, reacting to, you know, sort of the new new environment that everybody has to deal with. And I think a shift away from, in some respects, I was just talking to somebody in our industry about this the other day, but a shift away from sort of, you know, the early days of location-based marketing, which were really oriented around sort of that one-to-one personalized, hey, we know you're walking by, here's an offer, here's a coupon, all that sort of stuff, and more towards this sort of more, you know, let's look at an audience or a cohort uh, that exhibits a certain behavior around certain locations and let's sort of, if we're gonna do any marketing, let's target the group instead of the individual. Um, and I think we're seeing a lot of that right now. Um, and and uh, anyways, MGI Group, uh, the acquirer, uh, has a lot of other companies that they've uh, uh, acquired over the years that are part of this, um, including online performance marketing platform Adspree, influencer marketing uh, agency MediaCraft, uh, a SaaS platform uh, for influencer marketing called Reach Hero, they've got a supply side performance platform called PubNative, and then they also own Applift. So they're adding Verve to this portfolio of, uh, of companies. Uh, and really sort of looking for their programmatic mobile, uh, you know, marketplace uh, perspective that they don't have currently or didn't have until now. Um, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. And combined, they say, the group, uh, in terms of all their uh, services represent over 600 million monthly active direct users, um, over 18 registered patents to, altogether and uh, offices in more than 20 countries uh, worldwide. So. A, quite a quite a interesting portfolio. so good for Verve. Congrats Tom. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah you know we've seen a lot of like um, turnover and change in Verve over the last I don't know eight years or so and um, you know we've seen a lot of different uh, changes with leadership and sort of pivoting um, you know in terms of like where they're gonna play in the space and what they're going to be focused on. Um, so this seems like they have a pretty clear path forward now. Um, this is interesting cause I, I didn't really know of MGI before, but I definitely knew of some of the companies that you mentioned. So like AppLift and some of the others. Um, so I'm interested to see, like, it'll be very interesting to see how Verve plays, um, you know, with these other sister companies now, and if there's new products and services that come to fruition because of that, or if, you know, this is just sort of, a uh, I don't know, like a a suite of products, you know, kind of across the board for everything mobile. Um, But it should be interesting.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: So we're gonna go to the grocery space for a second and talk about Kroger now. And Kroger um, is opening a digital innovation lab. And this is kind of interesting because, um, you know, they've been working with two different universities they have partnered with University of Cincinnati um, for one of their innovation labs in the past, and now a new one is popping up in nor- at Northern Kentucky University. So this is kind of as a you know bid to expand the you know the grocer's digital strategy. So what's interesting here is that you know there's obviously a lot of different aspects whenever you work with a university. Um, You know, sometimes there's things that go back and forth in terms of like, who's going to own the IP that's created in these types of programs. But the good thing here is that you're probably not looking at a lot of that, you know, because this is more of a strategy perspective. And so, um, you know, Kroger obviously has an interest in growing their workforce and probably honing in on some talent, um, that has a good understanding of their business and the challenges that they're facing, um, you know, as a grocer in this day and age, and um, you know people who can kind of work on those things while they're still you know completing their undergraduate studies and then can just transition easily to being part of the Kroger digital team so this is also allowing students obviously to gain some hands-on experience and you know learn alongside of you know the research and development people that are within Kroger Um, so they're going to be focusing on initiatives that directly impact Kroger customers across the nation. So they're saying things like nutrition and health and wellness and video analytics, which is kind of like nutrition and wellness and health and video analytics. Let's just throw that in. Let's just throw that in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all those things that, you know, I didn't know video analytics really affect, uh, Kroger customers, but apparently they do. Um, so anyways, the digital sales though, obviously this is, this, you know, kind of a process and, and these initiatives are starting to work because they've seen their digital sales increase 21% over the last quarter, which is really great growth, obviously. Um, so to me, you know, this, this is a no brainer because it is growing talent, you know, from a, a young, a young age, like age and stage um, and obviously innovation at very, very low cost um and obviously you have easier hiring which is always a pain and you know gaining a deeper understanding of how future generations want to shop i think is a huge uh you know plus of working with you know most college-age students are just now starting to like shop on their own and how are they going to be shopping differently than how you know the generations are shopping now i think is giving them some great insights there that they'll be able to apply um so i think this is an all-around win for kroger and and for some students as well, pretty
0: cool. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you can find ways to partner with the academic uh, sector, it's a good thing because you're you're sort of, you know, helping that next generation of minds, you know, find you know relevant uh, applications for you know for what they're learning. And and uh, and often, you know, like I love having interns and things like that because they just bring fresh perspectives. You know, like you know, when you've been in the industry for a long time, you tend to kind of know what you know and and you know, think, you know, you know, just think in a certain way. Right. And, you know, it's always great to have young people around you that can kind of just bring a new, uh, you know, new insight and and different ways to think about it or maybe even new tools that you know they've been exposed to in school or whatever that, you know, we're not familiar with. So, um, so that's great. So I I like that aspect of it. And, you know, Kroger, you know, as one of our, our member companies, you know, these guys are, I have to say like within the category, you know, extremely digital savvy, uh, you know, group of folks over there, uh, uh, Yale, Cosette uh, in particular and and the team, Um, you know, these guys are doing all kinds of uh, scan and go, playing around with Amazon Go type like technologies, they're getting into, uh, you know, digital label, uh, shelf labels and, and experimenting with that type of stuff they're doing. You know, know, hydroponic—you know—growing produce, you know, in the stores, and then selling that produce in the stores. They're doing all kinds of crazy things. So, um, you know, I—I just applaud, applaud the effort, and I hope that, um, you know, it's the end of the day that you know, when I when I look at companies like this and I see the innovation that they're they're bringing to the marketplace, and I think it's great. Uh, from a business branding perspective, to see that, and at the same time, I I, I hope that companies like this, while they you know can, can kind of look at at the successes that they're having, there also think about okay, what are we doing you know not just for the environment, but what are we doing for the rest of the environment, which is the people too, right? Um, that are all part of that. Like we're we're all sort of one you know, one creation, if you will, I don't want to go too far down that. But um, there, there's a human side, uh, is my point. I'm uh, getting to here. And, and I think that, you know, when we look at technology, innovation, we also need to think about how that technology can make people's lives better at the same time. So there's my yeah. soapbox for the for this week. So, all right. Um, final story. Uh, So, kind of going all the way over to Sweden and coming back to the U.S. here. So, two uh, Swedish companies that we've worked with for a long time, um, H&M, the big retail brand, uh, and Klarna, which is a well-known European payments uh, platform, uh, have teamed up uh, and they are now bringing their joint uh, relationship to the U.S. market. And so Klarna has been working with a number of retailers uh, in Europe for, for many, many years uh, now um, uh, doing all kinds of crazy, very successful things that I know Ikea, Samsung, many other brands uh, use them uh, for payments um, there, but in particular, what they're bringing to the US market is a new program uh, which is basically um, a buy now pay later type of uh, capability and so if you're a loyalty member uh, for H&M basically you can go in and buy anything you want um, and then you can make bi-weekly payments installments uh, 30 days uh, later with no interest Uh, and this is available both in the online e-commerce site for H&M as well as in the physical stores um, and they have more than 5,000 stores worldwide. Um, and so I think it's an interesting thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of of two minds on this story because if I think about it, you know, from my stage in life point of view, and I have this conversation all the time with one of my employees here about, you know, millennials and versus, you know, older people. Um, and, and uh, you know, I already feel like millennials are living on credit and, you know, um, you know, don't need any more, um, you know, so, or any more encouragement. Um, and so like, I feel like in some ways, this is like just encouraging them to go buy more stuff and, and spend more money that they don't have, um, you know, and, and building up debt. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think it's, it's an interesting thing in terms of the brand and, you know, uh, potentially, you know, just, you know, connecting with more consumers, driving more loyalty, um, and selling more product at the end of the day so i think i think from that point of view i think this is a great program i think people will go buy a bunch of stuff the nice thing is even if you if you decide that what you buy you're not going to keep uh, you can just return it and you still you still pay nothing so so that's good um, you know uh, and, and i guess from that point of view too uh, like there, there's Another aspect to this, which is interesting because H&M has been one of those companies that's publicly said, like with all the return goods and they end up with a lot of sort of excess clothing because it's, you know, it's not, you know, high quality clothing um, that they just end up throwing out or giving away or whatever anyway. So, you know, I wonder what the real cost of this is at the end of the day, but from a conceptual perspective, from a loyalty perspective, from a know sort of initial revenue generation point of view um, i think there there's a lot of merit to to what they're doing here
1: yeah i mean i definitely agree with your mindset on this and it's a uh, it's interesting you know i i think about like when you know i first got married and we needed a washer and dryer so we would do like okay best buy zero percent financing for 18 months so you pay off your washer and dryer in 18 months and you're like yeah that you know, that makes sense, but it's a large purchase. So it's like, you know, an appliance, something that, you know, when you're first getting started, you don't always have savings like that just around, but you know, for clothing items, it seems a little different or maybe frivolous to try and finance like your shoes or your shirt. However, I think that, you know, my personal and financial feelings aside from a sales perspective, I think this is, you know, obviously genius because, people will say yes. If they know that they only have to pay $10 every week, then that's a lot easier than saying yes to a hundred dollar, you know, uh, mm-hmm. ticket today. So um, I think that this makes sense. I mean, I'm seeing this pop up on like every e-commerce site that I shop on or look at it's there, you know, it's like, you know, even on Amazon, you can now pay four payments of this and four payments of that. And I'm like, why do I need four payments? Like, let's just pay a payment. But that's not reality for everybody. And I also think that there's times that maybe, you know, you have families that have a need and they need to kind of break this up into separate paychecks. And so that's understandable. Um, So I think this could probably help some people who need that flexibility. Um, And hopefully it just won't, you know, crush everybody's credit score and, and putting people into more debt than all of us. Americans and apparently Canadians too are in, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that yeah, I'm okay with it as long as at the same time, you know, there's some sort of education program, uh, teaching financial literacy and, you know, how to actually manage, you know, your finances and budgeting and whatnot, because this could get really scary for somebody if, you know, they get really into it, right? Um, you know you go out you all of a sudden now you know you buy one thing here buy three things there you know you're doing this on a regular basis all of a sudden now like you you know you're paying like or five hundred dollars a month uh, to H&M for clothing like that's you know and, and, and now I you No,
1: it's like uh student loans oh wait that yeah, did happen yeah. though <laughs>
0: yeah 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 so um we'll see i don't know
1: well maybe our student loans will all get erased One day,
0: I don't know, not, not in your current environment.
1: All right. All right. So that's our show
0: for this week. Three industry news stories, three member news stories, a wide uh, array of things there from acquisitions to financings to buy now, pay later, Uh, and a very cool uh, digital lab happening um, for Kroger. So um, you've been listening to Location Weekly, episode 449 uh we will be back in some form or fashion next week with yet another show for you abriana have a great time on jury duty um enjoy your civil duty and uh for the rest of you um you know please uh give us some likes, some feedback story ideas you know find us on social media channels reach out to us come visit abriana you know on the road uh if you're in europe come see me in in frankfurt next week uh, in germany um, and uh, and that's it. We'll see you next week, folks. have a great one. Bye